one, two. Two. Want to make sure that we got everything on at this time. Sorry for the delay. Okay, there you go. Now we're on. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear hearts apart. Good evening. Good evening. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart podcast. Okay. make sure that everything was on at this time. Um, thank you all for joining us tonight. Um, normally we start at 8 o'clock, but I made it home late. But um, good excuse. Having fun time with my son. So I really enjoyed the fellowship that I had with him. And uh, we're going to go ahead and just start with the show. I wanted to also double check to make sure that all the uh, videos, all the live streams were up and running. Last week we had a difficulty, but thank God that God allowed us to be able to go back and record. So in spite of all that, I'm very glad that we got a chance to talk about something that was very important on last week. But for those who are listening online, you can uh, feel free to give me a call at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. You're welcome to also go to our chat room, which is available right now on our website. Or if you like, you'd like to see the video version of Reconnect My Heart, feel free to catch me on my Facebook page, Brother Prater, or my YouTube channel, as well as my website at www.brotherprater.com. Then you can go to the page where it says Reconnect My Heart Live. You can catch us on there. Now, question. Since you've been saved, let's be, for those that know me, I love being really transparent. Since you've been saved, have you had a problem-free life, a problem-free journey? The answer is no. 
So on today, we're going to talk about facing difficulties as a believer or as a Christian and victory over our situations. <clears throat> also, we're going to look at tools to help us to hold on to our faith and much more in the episode called The Struggle is Real. The Struggle is Real. Overcoming life's challenges as a believer. And so, <clears throat> one of the things I found out, I found out um, just in case those who may have said, well, you know, uh, all you need to do is just get saved or all your problems will be over it. The answer is no. I'm not going to say that they lied. I just said that they may have been misinformed. But the key thing is, in spite of whatever situation that we face or deal with, we have an ever-present help and an ever-present helper, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, <clears throat> first of all, as a believer, one thing we have to realize is that when you have given your life to Jesus Christ, that does not mean that uh, all your problems going to be immediately solved or you will not have any problems or conflict. Sometimes, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and if you make up in your mind that you're going to start doing the right thing, you're going to start asking Him to take control of your mind, of your temper, of your attitude. It seems like that's when everybody want to act a fool with you. It seems like when you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, that's when all hell breaks loose. It seems like when you have and, and if we be real with ourselves, <clears throat> It seems like that's when, not just the devil, but that's when people want to test you. People, see, people want the old you to come out to the new situation. You know, everybody used to know you used to fight or you used to cuss them out. But then now you have given your life to Christ. And then they want to push those buttons. They want to push them old buttons. They feel like, oh, well, you know what? I can get them now. Oh, oh. She said she gave her life to Christ. Let me see how saved she really is. Let me see how saved he really is. And then all of a sudden, people test you, and they make you consider going back to who you were. So, with that, that it's, it's funny how sometimes we're tested, sometimes in our most vulnerable moments. So, one of the things I wanted to... Uh, the main theme I wanted to bring up pertaining to today, you know, talking about salvation. Now, many people say, well, you know, what does salvation have to do with your problems or situation or even just this current life? There is a very, very, very important dynamic and it's, 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 a, it's a situation that we have to talk about that sometimes we often overlook. Now, the first thing I want to bring up in our salvation. Salvation simply means security. Um, now, with our salvation, we're safe. Salvation being once we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we have security. Now, one of the things that we have to think about salvation it has three stages. Three stages. I'm going to say it out of order. I'm going to say the first stage, the third stage, and then I'm going to jump back to the second stage. When we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, first of all, 
we are in desperate need of saving as humanity. See, when sin fell upon the earth because of the sin, the sins of Adam, we have became we have become separated from God. So, because of Jesus Christ shedding shedding His blood on the cross and we accepting what He did, there became a substitution from from His place to our place. Now, the reason why I said that was because any type of sin, no matter what it is, the penalty of sin was death. Death penalty. Everything required death. Now, <clears throat> because of Jesus Christ dying upon the cross, he shed his blood. Very important. He shed his blood, and that blood represents or has life in it. Blood represents life. So Jesus shed his blood, meaning Jesus shed his life to exchange in our place to his and his place to ours. So because of us needing a savior, uh, a sacrifice, Jesus became the perfect sacrifice for us. When we accept him as our personal savior, then we have security in Christ. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have security and we have peace with God the Father. Now, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we receive salvation. And like I said, there are three stages within salvation. The first stage, when you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the first stage of salvation is we are removed from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin. Think about the three P's. It's going to be three P's. First of all, we, we are removed from the penalty of sin. We no longer have the death sentence over our head. That's the first stage of salvation. Now the third stage we will be removed from the presence of sin. That means when we go back to be with God, we will no longer be in the presence of sin. That's when, when Jesus come or when each one of us die. We'll be removed from the presence of sin. So the first P or the first stage is when you accept Jesus Christ, your personal savior, you are removed from the penalty of sin. The third stage, when you die or when Jesus come, we will be removed from the presence of sin. But that second stage is the main thing I need to speak about. Excuse me. On this earth, we have problems, we have difficulties. And because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, He will give us, He will give us power over sin. That's the third stage. Excuse me, the second stage. So remember, the first stage is we are removed from the penalty of sin. The third stage, we will be removed from the presence of sin. So the first stage, 
we are removed from the penalty of sin. That means right then and there, the third stage, we will be removed from the presence of sin. That's a futuristic. But the second stage, we will have power over sin. And when you think about power, you think about power or influence. In other words, sin will not influence us or sin will not have power over us. We have an ever-present help in a time of trouble, in a time of sorrow, and that's through Jesus Christ. So, what we have to remember is when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, it takes residence within us and it will give us the power to overcome sin or overcome situation, overcome the influence of sin. So I have to I have to bring this up because right now we as believers we go through things and like I say being real we need help. There are things that we deal with, there are things that we may struggle with or may be tempted that the devil may try to bring to us. And you cannot do it on your own. There are people right now that's been trying to overcome situations or addictions. It used to it used to have them bound before they gave their life to Christ. And now they have given them life, their life to Christ. They think automatically it may go away without you addressing that issue. The key thing is, you know, once you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, to be honest with you, that's the easy part. Accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, know what he did on the cross. He, he died for you. He died for you. So you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. That's the easy part. But we deal with life. We deal with struggles. We deal with problems. We deal with situations. And that's what we need help with. And we have someone that want to help us in our struggles. But the key thing, the devil does not want you to be victorious over uh, within the struggles that you're dealing with. So what does he do? He'll try to make you feel isolated. He'll try to make you feel, oh, well, God don't love you. See, uh, uh, if he loved you, you wouldn't have been going through this in the first place. See, what we have to understand that there is strength in numbers. So what the devil will try to do, the devil will try to make us isolate ourselves from help try to isolate ourselves from those that love us. And once he isolates us, or once we allow ourselves to be isolated, then what happens? Then he can deal with us or talk to us right here in our head. And what happened when the devil oftentimes talked to us? When the devil talked to us in our head, what did we do? A lot of times, we don't talk back. And I'm not just talking about, I'm not just talking about, well, you know, the devil, the devil speaking to my head, so I'm gonna speak to myself. No, don't speak. Don't 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 speak where you can't hear yourself. You speak verbally. In other words, God has given us the power over whatever situation that the devil may try to put us in. So when the devil brings suggestions right here, you have to verbalize, you have to counterattack what Whatever the devil is trying to suggest to you, you have to counterattack that because the devil is doing his job as at uh, bringing up things, as offering things to us. He's doing what he's supposed to, but we're not doing what we're supposed to, and that's where we have to be more proactive in our walk 
with Jesus Christ. See, what we have to realize, there are benefits of being a believer. And like I, was, like I always say, we always talk about, yeah, when I get to heaven, I'm going to sing and shout. You know, we talk about the futuristic promises that God has offered us. But we don't talk about in right now benefit that God has promised us. God has promised us. Look, he promised us he would never leave nor forsake us. He would never abandon us. He also said he would not put more upon us than we're able to handle. Now, get this. We are able to handle it, but only within his ability or strength. But outside of his ability or strength, look here, we would lose our mind. Being honest with you. And so what we have to realize with situations that go on in our life, we have to be able to acknowledge we need some help. We have to acknowledge, you know what, God, I can't do this without you. I'm in desperate need of your help. So as long as we're able to come to terms with us in desperate need of help, and like I said, not just pertaining to the futuristic hope or promises that God has given us, but we're talking about right now. And I always say this, just because you're going through something, just because you're dealing with something, just because you have even an addiction, that doesn't mean that you ain't saved. That, that just means that you need some help or you need some deliverance in a situation. See, salvation, like I said, security or being saved from something. We will save from the penalty of sin, but you need saving from the power or the influence of sin. And that's where we have to be honest with ourselves. It's no need for us to make a person try to feel like we're better than anybody or we're safer. No. I'm going to tell you something. This person right here may be a drinker, may be smoking, may be a smoker, and they still say, but they need deliverance from that. But if I really love them, I'm not going to put my mouth upon them. What I need to do is say, you know what? If there's some help I can give you, just let me know. You know, how about I be your accountability partner? That's true love. True love ain't putting their business in the street. True love is being able to help them in a time of need. And let's bring it home. Like I say, those that know me, I love being honest. I love being transparent. There are some that have struggles. It could be pornography. It could be sex. It could be something that you know that you're not not supposed to be in, involving yourself into. But sometimes some people have a mechanism that they have been so accustomed to using because that's their dependency. That's their coping me mechanism. It's just like when somebody depressed, most of the time what they do, they eat junk food. They eat sweets. Or somebody stressed, they start smoking. They start drinking. Whatever. So there's some type of coping mechanism that we all may have used. Some of it may be sin. Some of it may be a weight. But it may not be a sin. It can make it be a weight, a hindrance. Like I said, uh, I tell y'all, one of the coping mechanisms that I would use whenever I was stressed, when I had a stressful day at work, most of the time I would do, I would go and get me a smoothie. I would go and get me a smoothie. Is, is that a sin? No, it ain't a sin. But what happened if I continuously eat a smoothie or drink a smoothie knowing that it may be raising up 
my sugar, blood sugar level, or raising up my blood pressure, something like that. And the doctor told me, hey, I need to cut back on that. Or let's just say if I did eat a pork chop, let's just say hypothetically, I eat pork chops as a stress mechanism. But the doctor told me, hey, you need to watch eating that pork. You need to cut the pork out of your diet because your blood pressure is elevated. But I continued to do it. Now, because I've been so accustomed to it, I became dependent upon that. And then when I get stressed, I automatically, without even thinking about it, it's second nature for me to run to that thing that I used to depend upon so easily. So... There may be people that may be going to church right now. They may be sitting right beside you, but you don't know what they're struggling with. And God is there to help us, even if nobody else understands what we're dealing with. God understands what we're dealing with. So with this salvation, salvation is so important. Like I said, the power of sin or the power of things that we may be dealing with not when we get to heaven because there's no problems in heaven. There's no sin in heaven. The problem or the sins are where we face it right now here on earth. And that's one of the things we have to realize. We got to talk about there are things that are going on in our life that we need help with. And like I always say, and like I said earlier, just because you need help, that doesn't mean that you ain't saved. That, mean, that doesn't mean that you're less than a Christian or, you know, God punished you. And I, I, I would often hear some of these ridiculous, ridiculous words that people would say well you know uh, uh, they oh they suffer they're going through because God is punishing them look here God ain't punishing you by trying to make you make your blood pressure go up make you have a stroke make you have uh, uh, an aneurysm or something no what you need to do you need to start exercising you need to start taking your medicine we got to use wisdom and see, also what happened a lot of times, there are some people, they look at a person and they get this. They judge or they assume because somebody is struggling that they feel like, oh, I know what the problem is. You know, and I know this this verse has been taken out of context many times. The Bible said, well, well, you know, only God can judge. Well, no, that's wrong. But in the verse where it said, judge ye not, yes, you be judged. What that means is don't assume. That's what it means. That's what it means. Now, when it comes down to judging, the, the Bible talk about final judgment. In other words, that person going to hell. You 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 drinking? Oh, you know what? You going to hell? Nah, um, I can't determine that. I don't know what that person's relationship with God is. But also in the same token, if I really love that person or if I feel like they may be going to hell, it's my responsibility as a believer to go to that person and say, like I said, can I help you? You, Hey, you know what? You might be a morally great person, but you're killing your temple. Also, cigarettes or addictions, it creates a bad investment. People may be gambling. Hey, you ain't hurting nobody, but on the other hand, you're being a bad steward. So for us to be able to use wisdom and help someone who may need some help with whatever uh, dependency or coping mechanism that they're using. So as a believer, it's my responsibility 
I'm going to say it like this. As they believe it, it's your responsibility. Then I put your mouth on people, but help people. That's what our responsibility are because when we think about it, all of us as believers, we are ministers. Hmm. As a believer, we all are ministers and we have a ministry. And every ministry, every ministry is not behind a pulpit. Some of the ministry may be someone that may be good at one-on-one. You know, a uh, small group Bible study, being able to talk to someone, being able to counsel someone. There may be some people that may be good one-on-one for horrible out in the open or out with a crowd. On the other hand, there may be those who may be great with a crowd but terrible one-on-one. That's why it's so important for us to know what our strengths, weakness, but most importantly, our gift, talent, and our purpose, our responsibilities. In other words, we need to learn how to stay in our lane. So with that, us being able to get the help that we need in this day and time, and I always say, you don't have to wait to go to church. You can accept help from Jesus Christ right now, right where you're at. You don't have to wait. You don't have to put it off. You know, because to be honest with you, there are things that we struggle with right now. And God promised us if we search his word, he can help us. Because anything pertaining to our life, there is a word from God pertaining to every situation pertaining to our life. And I'm, I'm going to use this uh, book again because last week I brought it up and there was a problem with the audio last week. And hopefully y'all able to hear me now. Hopefully y'all able to hear me. But this, for those who don't have one, I would encourage. I normally don't promote stuff, but this one I would. <laughs> you know, if I, if I, if I show you all something that means hey look it's gold but this right here this is a book the names of god and other bible studies uh, it shows the names of god um and the names when i talk when we talk about the names of god that means the, the character or the nature of god see when we look at god's word in its original writing and let us know his character pertaining to whatever verse that we're reading. So let's just say you have an issue where, hmm, well, you know, you may be, you may be lacking. You may be going through something. You know, you may be feeling alone. You may feel like nobody understands, nobody cares. L. Roy, let me see if I can have where you can see it right here. L. Roy, that means the God who sees me, the God who sees me. There is no circumstances in our life that escapes our Heavenly Father's awareness or care. God knows us in our, in our troubles. God knows us and our troubles and he's not there just to watch over us and do nothing he's there to help us in our struggles 
He's here to help us in whatever we're facing or whatever we're dealing with. Also, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. The Lord who heals. Oh, right here. The Lord who heals. God has provided the final cure for spiritual, physical, and emotional sickness in Jesus Christ. God can heal us. But what we have to do, we have to look at whatever we deal with, whatever we deal with in our life. Let's look at what God's word says about it. And let God's word be the final authority. And what we need to do when we read what God says, then we say what God says. But most of us, we read what God says and we recite what the devil says. If the devil said you ain't nobody, then we we, t we take what the devil says or we take what people say about us as truths. God's word is the final truth. But anybody else that may say something that's contradicting what God's word says, then we need to refuse it. And I know sometimes it's heartbreaking to receive negativity from people that you love. And sometimes when you love people, you expect them to love you back. But what we have to do, we have to recognize, even though we are lovable people, there are other people that may be within our circle, that may be people that we meet, may even be related to, that won't love us the way that we love them. So what we have to do is ask God to give us the help or give us the strength to accept that's how a person is. And I'm going to bring, I'm going to talk about more about this later, but I feel the need to say this. Even being able to accept how a person is, God will give you the peace and the strength to accept that. Because a lot of times what happened, we praying for God to change them. But what happened if God doesn't change them? And what happened when they don't want to be changed? Something to think about. That means, hmm, if we're praying about a person to God and they don't change, does that mean God didn't hear our prayers? No, he heard it. But see, God not going to go against their will. So what we have to do is whatever we can change, change it. Whatever we can't change, and also re remembering or acknowledging we can't change people. But God will give us the peace that, you know what, that's how a person is. That's how they are. And you know what? Hey, I can't change them. Peace. You can dust your feet off or whatever. But God will give us the peace to accept that's how they are. But also, even for those that don't love us here, God has provided love from us, from him, and also from somewhere else. But we have to accept that because a lot of time we choose people that was not the person that was going to be loving us or the person that we're supposed to be expecting the love from. Let's be honest. Because what happened, hurt people can't love effectively. Because what happened, a lot of times, they think about themselves or they think about their hurt, but they're not thinking about another individual. And sometimes hurt people hurt others. So a lot of times we expecting love from someone who is who is hurt. And what happened a lot of times, a hurt person will mimic who hurt them. And then they end up hurting you. So that's what we have to accept. But in the midst of, 
for us not to be able to take it personal or make it feel like, well, you know what? Maybe it's my responsibility to get hurt. Maybe it's my responsibility. Maybe God want to use me to be hurt, to you know, to be a blessing to them. And I'm going to say it like this. People have gotten to some dysfunctional relationships because of their ideology. I've known so many, like I said, I believe in being honest, being transparent. There are so many people that's trying to minister to people that they're dating and what's happening, they end up slipping or losing their, or leaving their relationship from Christ. There are so many people, but I'm trying to help them or, you know, you're not supposed to leave somebody when they're at their lowest. That's not your, that's not your responsibility, nor your assignment. And what I, one of the things I always tell people, and this is to that young lady that may be trying to stay in this re- abusive relationship or this functional relationship. You may be trying to help them, but that's not your responsibility. What you need to do, you might be the referral. What do I mean? You can go to a primary care physician. That means your own personal doctor. You can go your, to your own personal doctor. And let's just say that you may be pregnant and you're going to get ready to give birth to a baby. Well, they're going to refer you to an OBGYN. That is the doctor that is specializing in birth and delivery. So he's uh, your, your primary care physician is smart enough to recognize that's not his specialty. So what he's going to do, he's not going to be too prideful to not to send you to someone that's qualified to help your condition. What he's going to do, he's going to send you somewhere where you can get the adequate help that you need. That's a wise person. And then when your situation is over with, then he may have you to go back after you out of the care of the OBGYN. But if he tried, well, no, I'm not going to send you to that special. I'm going to take care of it myself because you're my patient. What happened? He put the baby and you at risk. And there are a lot of young people to me, anybody younger than Methuselah is young. But there's a lot of people that are in relationships that are like that. They're trying to love a person with a heart, but yet still trying to minister to them and they were not their assignment. Why do I say that? Because that person is not your type. You, you may be infatuated with that person or that person may have a potential or may have a certain quality that you like about them. They might be cute, whatever. They might be handsome. But because you like that person and you feel like, well, well, you know, I've heard many people say they'll change for the right person and that's the biggest lie I've ever been told. If they're not going to change for the person, they're not going to change for you. If they don't want to change for themselves, they're not going to change for you. And sometimes they may use you as a God. And what happened, you end up being in a position of God in their eyesight and they'll run you crazy. You end up going through things that God did not plan for you or destined for you to go through. So what we have to realize with that situation if there is somebody that's like that, there might be somebody that, you know what, that, you know, I, I, I used to love them and, you know, I realized they need some help. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to refer them to a man. If it's a guy that need help, you refer him to a man. Yeah. If it's a young lady that need help, 
That guy, I don't care how you try to help her, she will not get the adequate help, especially when there's already sex involved. So there are some that is so used to, well, you know, I'm going to help him get saved. I'm going to help him get saved. And all of a sudden, they still having, they having sex with that person. Or, well, you know, uh, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm just trying, they just need some positive people in their life where that positive person can be in their life if you get out of their life. And you know what? What if you, what if you are in their way of being the person that God called for them to be? There's an old song by the police, Lee Singer Sing. It says, it, oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't the police. It was actually Sting, his solo act. If you love somebody, set them free. If you love them enough, you got to let them. Look, you got to let them get the help that they need. Because you might be the crutch that's hindering them. You might be the one that they've been leaning on. And you're preventing them from getting the help that they need. Number one, knowing God for themselves. Allowing, allow them to depend upon God instead of depending upon you. So, with all of that, and I'm not going to say it's easy to see someone that you love, see them hurt, but God is there to help us to be able to surrender that to Him and let God deal with them or let God send some help to them that's going to minister to them. Because right now, that's actually that's gonna expose if they really want help or not. Because they're so see, a lot of time they may be just trying to use you, say, yeah, you know, you know, I'm trying I'm gonna change, I'm gonna change. But you're not wanting to change for yourself. You want to change to get me into the relationship. And then when you get the relationship, then you're gonna go back to who you used to be. You understand that? It's just like getting a pig out of a pig pen. You washing them off, putting on some perfume or cologne, putting on the tux, and you take them to a banquet every weekend. Well, after you leave that banquet every weekend, and then you go back to familiar territories by pig pen, you know what they're gonna do? They're not gonna go back to their new characteristic of you know having a suit and. You have a perfume? No, they're going to go to familiar territory. Why is that? Because even though it may look cute that I put a pig in a tuxedo with a bow tie and cologne or perfume, but it wasn't their will. It was my will for them to have on their tux. And also, it's not their nature to have a tux. It's their nature to be in that pig pen. So in other words, they're only putting up that facade until they go back or they see their familiar territory. And they're going to see the pig pen there or the tux right here. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to forget about that tux and go right over there to their pig pen because that's their nature. So we have to accept that's how people are. But in the midst of God will help us to be able to trust him and lean upon him and depend upon him and we have to we have to put God's word to the test we have to utilize God's word and you know some people they say well you know uh, don't question that don't question God who and where does it say in the Bible don't question God 
Who have said don't question God? Actually, God wants you to, hey, come to him. The Bible even tells us, hey, put his word to the test. Try him. See, see, get this. Anytime a conniving person is trying to sell something, they're going to always have some type of disclaimer. They're going to have some fine print. They're going to always be manipulative. They're going to always hide information. But God is out in the open. He's, hey, put my word to the test. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Full disclosure. He ain't got nothing to hide. So God is saying, okay, in his word, there, like I said, there's every, every situation that we may be dealing with in our life, it says something in God's word. It, it says something. Now, get this. Now, it may not, it may not say the specific thing. It may say a general thing. But it's our responsibility to look at that word, meditate, study upon it, pray about it, even fast about it. What's going to happen? God is going to illuminate what he gave you, that general word that he gave you through his word. And what he'll do in your quiet time, he will give you details. He would give you an execution, how to execute it in your life or how to recognize it. That's what he's going to do. But it's going to take you to really get serious and sincere with God for you to be able to really just talk, like I always say, talk and be transparent with God and not know, well, you know, God, God knows my heart. No, talk to him. Look here, talk to him like he's right in front of you and be real, be honest with him, you know. We always think about when Peter walked the water and when he was getting, when he was drowning, he didn't have time to hold the great Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the father that knows all things, the son, Jesus Christ, will you help me? No, he said, Lord, save me. He ain't had time for no rhetoric. He spoke. He opened up his mouth. He spoke because that was his friend. And he was the only one that could help him. We have Jesus Christ as a friend. We sing the song, what a friend we have in Jesus. But we have to utilize his word into our life. And like I said, not just looking forward to get to heaven, but also heaven, heaven, heaven here on earth. We miss out so many, as believers, let's be honest, as believers, we miss so many nuggets and details and blessings and benefits that God has provided for us here on earth. And the sinner man is enjoying it. The sinner man, those that are unsaved, they're enjoying it. You know, it's hard for us to minister to someone that's rich. I'm going to say it like that. You know why? Because sometimes... If we try to minister to them, we're the one that's asking them for money. We're the ones that's complaining. We're the ones that can't pay our rent. We're the ones that can't pay our bills. But yet, see, we tell them, hey, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. Saved for what? Most, let's be honest. Most of us are praying about money. Most of us, most of us, if, if we be real, most of us, will have money if we have more money it will solve most of our problems 
most of our problems. And even in the Bible, it tells us money solves all problems. Money solves all issues. I think that's the terminology it says in the Bible. But the key thing is we have to know what it means in context. Now, there are some people, oh, money is the root of all evil. Money ain't the root of all evil. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. But the love of anything outside of God can be the root of all evil. So anytime you have anything outside of God as number one in your life, it can lead you to destruction. It can lead you to having your relationship with God distorted. So understanding with the presence the presence of sin we're going to always have the influence of sin in our in our if you want to say in our presence we're going to always have that accessible where it may try to overtake us so it's our responsibility to recognize whatever we deal with in our life, let's look at what God's word says about it. You know, but also realizing even the things that we go through in our life, it's an opportunity for us to overcome it, for us to have a testimony in our life. And you know, the things that we deal with, you know, I was I was ministering to somebody a couple of a couple of years ago. And this prayer I, I actually spoke to the nephew. Uh, today, and what happened was that person, that person, uh, a relative of that person, came over to a church, and that person was so hurt because they had gone through a divorce. They were going through a divorce. I'm sorry. They were facing a divorce, and they were scared. They were facing a divorce, and they they had so many questions and stuff. And I applaud the person for even acknowledging it in church. And true enough, there are some people, well, you know, I've heard as soon as you, a person going through something, they'll easily be broadcast on Facebook and YouTube and all that stuff. And I realize this person is hurt. Instead of talking about the person, how about we minister to the person? But I ended up getting up and I told them, me being divorced, what I went through. And if, as a believer, yes, as a believer. And that person was helped. And I, I give no credit to me, but all credit to God. And I thank God for that person being transparent enough to get the help that they were needing. <clears throat> but also on the same token, being honest, there are people that are amongst us that are hurting. And what we have to do, we have to understand people are really needing help. But it's our responsibility to talk to them, but most want to lead them to Christ. And if there are some information that we can give them that's going to help them, we need to give it to them. Not to, you know, punish them, not to, uh, um, you know, scandalize their name or whatever. <clears throat> but also what we have to realize, we have to, we have to speak to people as if that's our, ch our child, our son or our daughter that we're talking to, that we're ministering to. I'm going to say this. <clears throat> there was a, someone that was going through a domestic violence situation. It was a young lady that was going through, and there may be some that are watching right now. A young lady, and this happened, 
I hate to say it, but it happens all the time. You know, I'm just going to go ahead and say the whole thing. Just in case you may be going through that situation. There was a young lady that was married that was going through a domestic violence situation with her husband. The husband abusing her. The husband doing all that he wanted to do. Taking money, uh, having sex with other women and all that stuff. Not just verbally abusive, but physically abusive. And so she reached out to her pastor. And you know what the pastor told her? Stay there. That's your ministry. You need to be there. Just pray about it. Just pray. One incident, a pastor told her, you know what happened? That husband killed his wife. So my question is, what would that pastor tell that woman's children? Oh, you said they need to stay there. Did God, did God want her to stay there to get killed? Did God want my mama killed? No. That pastor was wrong. Wrong for saying that. Because, let me tell you this. What happened by him telling that woman that was his member, she needs to stay. Imagine that woman being his daughter, would he have told his daughter to stay there? No. She would he would have told his daughter, baby, you need to stay with me. No, you need to stay with daddy. See, he looked at himself. He might have just looked at himself as, well, I'm just the pastor. But you need to look at, you know what? That may not be my biological daughter, but that's somebody's biological daughter. But even if that's not my biological daughter, that's my spiritual daughter. So, so many that are going through right now, like I said, there may be somebody going through the situation right now. First of all, you need to get yourself safe. If it, if it requires you to leave, leave. And take all threats seriously. Forget about all oh, they were playing or all oh, they were drunk. Uh-uh drunk or not because you know what they could be drunk and saying they're going to kill you and they can be sober the next day oh I didn't mean that but guess what what happened if they get drunk again they may not say it next time they may do it so we have to think about things that we go through in our life God won't listen God will not only help us but he will provide a way of escape in just case well you know uh uh you know, they 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 gonna talk about me because I've been divorced once. I've been divorced two or three times. Look here, I'd rather for them to talk about me being divorced and I'm alive than not talking about me and I'm dead. So we have to think about that. We see a lot of times when before we got saved, oh, we were smart. We 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 knew the game. We knew all this stuff. But when we have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, you know what we do? It's like we just lose our mind. It's like we just use all common, uh, lose all common sense. You know why? Because we try to be saved when it's convenient. Uh-uh. We need to be all in. And when we become all in, then God going to give us the wisdom of, you know what? Uh-uh. God didn't make me no punching bag. And if that person say they love me and they still want to uh, beat up on me or curse me out, verbally abuse me and my kids, 
physically abuse me? Uh-uh. God, I'm saved enough and I love God enough and I love you enough to leave. <laughs> you think God going to punish you? No, he's not. Like I said, God wants you safe. God wants you protected. And it is not God's will. Uh, somebody was saying um, some time ago, well, maybe it's God's will for me to die that way. No, it wasn't God's will for you to die that way. It was not God's will for you to be a punching bag either. And I'm going to say it like this. Look, for extra credit, that was not the one that God had for you. Because when God gives his riches, he added, He gives his riches to add no sorrow. And God is not into drama. But we have an ever-present help in whatever situation that we're dealing with, whatever we're struggling with. And God want to help us. So with that, whatever you're facing or you're dealing with, let God help you. Talk to God about it and be real with him. You know, it's so much that we're dealing with right now and we're dealing with it alone or sometimes we're suffering in silence. God is here to help us. Like I said, that's one of the benefits of being a believer. Salvation. That means, like I said, the second principle, the second stage of salvation, the power over sin. The power over drama, the power over conflict, the power over issues, the power over situations. God has given us power and authority over whatever the devil trying to do. But also he's trying to give us the endurance, the endurance, whatever we're dealing with, help us to overcome it. For us to not lose heart or get discouraged while we do don't you know right now God is providing a way out of whatever situation that you're in? But we have to seek him and recognize his move and recognize that way of escape so you can be safe from whatever situation that you're dealing with. Whatever situation that you're dealing with. And even for those who may be dealing with things right now, God did not leave you. God did not abandon you. But utilize this as an opportunity to look at what God's word said about whatever situation that you're facing. What did God's word say about my situation? That's the that's the phrase I want you to remember for today. What did God's word say about my situation? And that's why it's so important for us to have a pen and paper and write down things. I always have a spiral handy. Did my son school spiral? Hey, write down, journalize. You know. Allow what God tell you. Let there be the love letters. When you're going through, you can remind yourself. You can encourage yourself. Because it's easy for us to wait for people to encourage us. But if we remember what God tell us and write it down, then whatever we need, we can be able to refer back and be encouraged by God himself through the words he has given us directly. See, a lot of times we're waiting on people to come to us. Sometimes we look for a video or we look for um, uh, a message. When God want to give you something that's fresh off the press, something directly from him to you, no middleman. God want to, listen, God want to not only develop that relationship with you and him and him with you, but God want to talk to you directly. That's why it's important about prayer. We always say prayer. Prayer was the first wireless communication that ever existed. That's from God to man. 
and also man to God. <laughs> Not just man to God, but God to man. Prayer is so important. Prayer, communicating with God. God want to communicate. God want to fellowship with you. God want to talk to you. God want to talk to you about him, but also God want to talk to you about you. God want to reveal some things. God want to share some things. And I'm telling you from personal experience, when you be real with God, God will give you some things that you're like, wow. God will tell you things that's going to happen. God will forewarn you about things. He will forewarn you so that way it won't catch you by surprise or you can start praying and rebuking the thing so it won't happen. And also, just in case something does happen that God has forewarned you about, like I said, it won't knock you over. It's like, ah, oh, God did tell me. God did forewarn me. But always, God always covered. God will always protect us. God did not want us to be naive. God did not have his children to be a walking mat or punching bag. And I know, and like I said, it's so important for us to get the proper terminology of what God's word says in its proper context. Well, you know, they hit me, so I just turned the other cheek. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you like this. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost and never fire, and I work in the law enforcement. But if somebody hit me, if I, if I don't subdue them, I got to subdue them. I can't just have them be punched up on me because I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to fight back. I'm not fighting. I'm defending myself. But also, I got to subdue the person. So, what we have to realize, there are some things that go on in our life that we may need some help. And we have to recognize that God is an ever-present help in a time of trouble. God is there to help us, encourage us in whatever situation that we're dealing with. He's here to help us. So, as long as... I'm sorry. So, as long as we're able to recognize that he's there to help us, then we can realize, you know what? This is something else. Being saved is fun. I'm being honest with you. Being saved is fun. Being saved is, it's, it's like, man, if I had to realize, if I had to realize how fun this was, if I had to realize that the struggle that I dealt with years ago, I was dealing with alone and God wanted to help me, then you know what? I would have I would have surrendered everything to God earlier. Now true enough, you might be saved, but God wanna God wants you to allow him to come in and take look, he wanna take residence. He wanna help you in every situation. In other words, God wanna be responsible for everything pertaining to your life and allow him to. You know, you know, those that know me, I always be transparent and everything. I tell people this, especially even being a young man, a young man that loved the Lord, a young man that's single. Yes, God can help you as a man or as a young lady. God can help you and sustain you sexually until you get married. God can do that. Well, you know, it's so hard. It's, it ain't, look here. It ain't as hard as the consequences that you may be dealing with pertaining to giving yourself freely and dealing with the guilt, the embarrassment, the consequences of a broken heart. I, I, you understand that? 
if we really break it down and just think about it, well, you know, we all have needs. Look here. Ain't, ain't nobody. I know it may be bad terminology, but ain't nobody worth me risking myself, my emotions, my hurt, and just giving myself to someone that, that, that has not earned it. No. Yes, and I'm a guy, and I say that. It's not just young ladies that take pride in themselves. It's men. I know many men that are out there that take pride in who they are. And just because, and like I always say, there are some great men that are out there. There are some great ladies that are out there. But we have to look at ourselves more valuable than just some sex tool. No. You a total, look, you not only a total package, but you a combo meal. Packages can be broken, but a combo meal, uh-uh. It's either all or nothing. So look at yourself as, not as a prize, but as a reward. Because some people get prizes, complimentary prizes, just for participation, just for showing up without any work. But you're a reward. Those who have worked. People have earned, earned your heart, earned your love, earned it, and also willing to commit by what? Proposing, giving you a ring. So even with that struggle, God want to help you. You don't have to deal with it alone. And don't ever feel embarrassed of what you're dealing with. Because you know what? For somebody that may be laughing at you, there's someone that appreciates you being transparent, being open. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this as we get ready to close. You no longer have to be a silent Christian. You don't know. You no longer have to be the Christian where I feel like you're isolated. You're not loved by God, and even in the situation that you're dealing with, just because you're dealing with something, that does not mean that God doesn't love you. This and also the same accessibility that I have with God's word, God has for you too. Don't let anybody, I don't care who it is. I'm I'm like I said, those that know me, I believe in being real and being transparent. There's a lot of bullying that's going on within the body of Christ. There's a lot of people that would use their authority or use their position, their title, to suppress people. Hmm. While other people are hurt, well, you know what, you ain't good enough, or you know what, you ain't saved, you need to you need to do this, you need to do that. Uh-uh, that's called legalism. Not only that I experienced it, but I see it. I don't know if y'all, I don't know if it came out on this particular podcast a couple of weeks ago, <clears throat> but I tell people, don't let anybody, don't let anybody make you feel less than loved by God. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, let's just say right now, while, we, while you're watching this podcast, you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior right now. You just accepted him as your personal Savior. I'm going to go back. Romans 10 and 9 tells us, for those who may be curious on what, what do I do to be saved, you talk about this salvation. I want to say it right now. I'm not I'm not going to wait to the end. I'm going to say it right now. Romans 10 and 9 tells us, If thou shalt confess 
with thy mouth to believe in the heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. And it's not talking about this organ, the heart. It's talking about the real man right here, your soul. If thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ, thou Savior, and believe in the heart, the God that raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, open up your mouth and say it, with the mouth, confession is made unto what? Salvation. So with that being said, if you just accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you have the same accessibility to his word and to God as I am regardless of how long I've been saved. I want you to recognize that. There is no trial period or probationary period where, you know, you got to be saved six months before you really start uh, uh, accepting God's truths and all. Well, uh-uh, no. I don't, look here. I don't care if you're a new convert that just said Jesus Christ is your personal Savior and I've been a preacher, a bishop for 45 years. We got the same access to God the Father. The same access. The same access. So whatever problems and struggles that I may be dealing with, that God may be helping me with, he got that same accessibility for you. But the key thing is, how bad do you want it? You got to be hungry to look up God's word. You got to be sick and tired of what you're dealing with and start doing research on whatever you're dealing with Write it down. That's your homework assignment. But also, that's going to help you to see and know God's word for yourself, for your own self. Like I said, the Lord who heals, Jehovah Rapha, right here, the, the Lord who heals. Well, this is what you need to do. If you need healing, you find every scripture pertaining to what God's word says about healing. And this is me. I don't want just three or four. Uh-uh. I want more. I want everything pertaining to what God's word says about healing. And then what I'm going to do, I'm going to write it down. And then after I write it down, you know what I'm going to do? Okay. I'm going to recite it. I'm going to say it. Like I said, confession. Confession. Open up your mouth and say it. Not just saying it out loud for it to be in the atmosphere, but also I'm going to say it out loud so it can get into my spirit, man. So it can get into my ears, my ears. Because a lot of time, when the devil brings suggestions upon our mind, we'll recite what's on our mind. And it contradicts what God said in his word. So God wants us to say what he said so it can get into our spirit and it can go into the atmosphere. I want to show y'all something. I'm going to see if I can find this. Um, yep, hey, there it is. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> this is what I did. And like I said, those that know me, I don't mind being transparent or whatever. But this is what I did. I made a spiral. <clears throat> I made a spiral. And it talked about my future wife. So what I did, I wrote down every scripture pertaining to the promises of God. I wrote it down. And then also couple pages over, I wrote down pertaining to my wife. I wrote down pertaining to my prayers for my wife and my desires and everything. But also, this is what I wrote. Later on in the pages, I also wrote 
not just in the beginning I spoke about my prayer or my desires to my wife, but also later on in my spiral, I wrote down the desires my wife has about her husband. Yeah. So my wife desires for her husband to be before the Lord to lead her family and be a walking example of him. Walking in integrity, walking in forgiveness, walking in humility, walking in faith, a man of prayer, being organized, careful with tone of voice and disposition. Protect my family, not just physically, but most importantly, spiritually. Honor and love my wife and my family. Listen with focus and resolution. Be financially secured beyond financial security. Be obedient to God. Be my God-given self. And never to let the spark go out. So God is concerned about every aspect of our life. But we have to recognize that. And we have to understand that God loves us. God loves, amen, you know, let it come out of your mouth, yes. Out of your own mouth, yes. So we have to recognize God loves us so much that he died for us. And we have benefits as being a believer of Jesus Christ. It'd be so sad for you to be on a job for 45 years. And after you retire, you realize they had a savings account for you for your lunch, for gas, for your vacation, all throughout the 45 years that you've been working there. But you found out that you have all those accessibilities. You had access to all these benefits and you never used it because you didn't know about it. That would be sad. Well, imagine about our spiritual benefits as a believer. We have benefits as a believer. Like I said, God will give us the power over sin or whatever situation that we're dealing with. But we have to trust him. We have to, we have to look up God's word. We have to spend time, quality time, with God's word for us to be able to receive what he has for us. And like I said, being saved, it ain't hard. You know, some people, well, you know, it's an uphill journey. I'm glad I'm, oh, that devil is a lie. Matter of fact, if I was going through an uphill journey, I wouldn't be glad about it. But if I know that being saved and I have security and I have a helper here, I have God himself that's helping me to live this life, to live this thing we call life. He has help accessible for us. Why don't we use it? Why are we carrying burdens by ourselves? Why are we carrying things that God did not intend for us to carry? And one of the things I always say, when I go through a situation, that's not my problem, that's God's problem. But what I got to do, I got to do it God's way. If I do things God's way, God's method, God's technique, then it's his responsibility. In other words, if I take it upon myself and do it my way, then I void the warranty. So why am I gonna why am I gonna pay an out-of-pocket expense when I'm within God's network? It's God's responsibility. You're, you're God's responsibility. So why are you trying to take care of it yourself when God said give it to him? But when you give it to him, you give all of it to him. 
don't put it in his hand and then go back to take it out of his hand. And also realize God not going to fight you for it. If you put it in his hand, but you go back to him to try to take it out, he's going to say, okay, he's not going to fight you for it. So how about we stop struggling, straining, and start consulting God about the things that are going on in our life and for him to help us to get the power or receive the power to overcome whatever that we're facing. So realize we got accessibility to God. Use it or lose it. So with that being said, whatever situation that you're dealing with, we're going to give it to God. No matter what you have faced, no matter what you are facing, no matter what you will face, we have an ever-present help right here. You know, even if you walk in the shadows of the uh, valley of death, we will not fear any evil. Why? Because God is with us. His strength, his, get this, his rod, his staff comforts us. That means his guidance, that means his protection. It will help us, it will comfort us in our time of trouble, in our time of conflict, in our time of hurt or pain. And even those who may be dealing with a broken heart, the Bible tells us he is near to the brokenhearted. You know, whatever we deal with, even in dealing with sorrow, even when dealing with death, one day he will dry every tear from our eyes. I'm, look, I'm a personal witness to that. Personal witness to that. But also, I want you to remember, I want you to remember this. I have to say this. I feel the need to say this. Even in what you may be dealing with, even if God helped you, if God delivered you, if God uh, delivered you from something, if God healed you from something, the devil going to try to bring those things back. But that doesn't mean that you ain't saved. That doesn't mean that, well, I didn't forgive. That doesn't mean that you wasn't delivered. Now, he's going to always try to bring it back to offer it to you. But just because he offered it doesn't mean that you have to accept it. And also, when the devil try to bring it back, we have to remind God of his word. We have to recite God's word about that situation. Verbalize, say it. <clears throat> you know, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, even when I had lost my sister, that, that, was, that was the most hurtful experience that I ever faced in my life. But God helped me at that time. But then also there are things that came up that made me miss her, that made me think about her, that may even made me think about the hurt that I experienced. But does that mean when that pain comes back, God didn't heal me? No. Go back. It's just like a Band-Aid. If you use the Band-Aid, you put a Band-Aid on your arm because you had a cut. You put a Band-Aid on your arm and then it stops bleeding. You take the Band-Aid off. And then all of a sudden, later on, you bump it. And then all of a sudden, you bleed again. Does that mean that that Band-Aid didn't work? No. Sometimes things trigger. Sometimes things trigger an old wound to produce new blood. But we have accessibility to the spiritual Band-Aid that will help us. So that's what we have to use. God loves us enough. God, lo look. Let's get personal with God. Love you enough to want to help you. 
in whatever situation that you're in, in whatever situation you are facing or have faced, he loves you enough. He Look, he's asking you, let him in. He's asking you, let him deal with it. Not you. Let him deal with it. And he's the only one that can do it. He's the only one that can help. He's the only one that's qualified. He's the only one that's qualified that can help and heal whatever situation that we're dealing with. So with that being said, we thank God for those who have watched. Like I said, um, I know this was a, uh, this is only for tonight that we start at nine o'clock. Next Sunday, it'll be back uh, eight o'clock Central Standard Time, uh, nine o'clock Eastern Time. So I know, like I said, um, for those who uh, listen in, I thank y'all so much. Thank y'all so much. But as we get ready to pray, you know your situation, and you may not be going through anything right now, but you may be dealing with something in the future. Or you may know somebody that's going through something. Let's pray for them. Let's be there for them. Let's stand in the gap for them. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for being a merciful God, being a faithful God. God, we thank you, Lord, for salvation on tonight, God. We thank you, Lord, for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross for all of our sins, God. And not just for our sins, God. Not just for the penalty of sin, but God, we thank you, Lord, for the power over sin, God. And God, one day we will no longer face the presence of sin. So God, we thank you, Lord, for helping us even in our struggles right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to overcome whatever situation, addiction, whatever the devil may have thrown upon us or whatever we have not shaken, God. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to overcome it right now. God, we speaking right now. There are those who may be on the streets right now, God. Those who may be living in a promiscuous lifestyle, God. We speaking, God, that you minister to them right now, God. Give them that desire, God, to seek wisdom, God. Give them that desire, God, to leave that lifestyle of harm, of danger right now, God. God, there are those, God, who may be addicted to alcohol, to drugs, or even pornography. God, we're speaking, God, that you give them that desire, God, to yield themselves completely to you. And also, even to get the help that is needed, God, for them to make a full recovery right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we're speaking, God, that you take the taste out of their mouth right now. Give them that desire, God. Give them that desire. We know that you won't do anything outside of our will, but God, we know it is your will for us to be saved and delivered and set free. So God, give them that desire right now, God, to yield themselves completely over to you, God. God, we even hold up even that, like the parent right now, that mother right now, that's praying for their children, God. There are some that dealing with children, God, who may be wavered, who may be like disobedient, who may be arrogant, who may be in pride, who may have unforgiveness, God. We speaking, God, that you're getting that desire, God, to forgive, to yield themselves over to you, God, and mend the broken hearts or even mend the broken relationships. In the name of Jesus, and say about everything you stand for, about every affliction, about every problem and confusion right now. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, for victory. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance. Thank you, Lord, for soul being saved and delivered and set free right now. And we thank you, Lord, for the testimony from this and through this right now. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one who tuned in. 
If you have any questions, if you have any uh, suggestions on future topics, whatever, feel free to contact me on Brother Prater. That's brother, as in Brother Prater, spelled out. Prater, P-R-A-T-E-R. Uh, you can catch me on Facebook. Uh, you can catch me on YouTube. <clears throat> also, my website, you can catch me on my website at www.brotherprater.com. Also, you can go to my store section where I have my new book, The Girl Who Was Her Brother's Keeper, The Love Beyond Life. This book is um, me speaking about my sister, Sheila Prater. Uh, actually, next week we will have a special about her. Next Sunday would have been her uh, 47th birthday. <clears throat> And so we're going to have a special upon her. So feel free to tune in for that. But this book, um, I do have available now. Uh, and also what I'm doing for those who are, who, for those who are purchasing this book from now until next Sunday, I'm going to have a drawing and the grand prize winner will receive a tambourine with her picture as well as a shirt and also uh, a copy of my upcoming book when it get released it's a book called hearing silent screams hearing silent screams and that book is about domestic violence and toxic relationships where we're fighting domestic violence and toxic relationships so for those that are interested feel free to go to my website at brotherprater.com. You can put forward slash store. You can go to the store section of my website and you can purchase my book. It's uh, $11. So feel free. Go on and join. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in and I appreciate y'all so dearly. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you and good night.